What's up, freaks? Welcome back to the Freaks Podcast. Today, we are discussing the similarities and lessons learned from two recent controversies involving the Fire Festival in the Bahamas and an artist from L.A. called Threaten, both of whom attempted to buy influence and create a hype out of nothing for their projects. Stay tuned, freaks. What's up, Freaks? Welcome back to the Freaks Podcast. We're in the studio again with another large group of men. Let's start from my right, as usual, Freaks TV crew, Kai. Good evening. And then we come to Axel One of Berlin Metal TV and many other things. Hello there. Welcome back, Axel. You were in the episode before last. That's right. And we talked about stuff. (laughs) And it was cool. I only have to laugh. (laughs) <laughs> and then finally, back again, we have Mr. Torsten Zahn, editor-in-chief of Metal Hammer Magazine. Hello. Hail. Hail-o. Hail-o, gentlemen. Today, we're, we're starting something that we actually don't know where it's going to go, but we thought something interesting might be to talk about making mu- money in the music business. So making mon- music in the money business. Isn't that even possible? (laughs) Making music in the music business. It will will be after this podcast. Making monkeys in the monkey business. And and since it's kind of dumb to like sit here and say like, uh, how how does one make money in the music business? I thought we could just kick off the show by talking about a few things that have been in the news in the last five, six, one year uh, that kind of highlight maybe changes in the music business that we still don't really understand yet, and that has to do a lot with social media. And the two incidents I'm referring to are, the first one is the major debacle, I guess, last summer with the Fire Festival. Actually, it was in 2017. This was already a year and a half ago, so this is super old news. We're going back in time. But the Fire Festival was an interesting um, idea by a couple of guys to put together a exclusive music festival out in the Caribbean, and it uh, it went t- down the drain. So I'll just read a little Wikipedia entry here. So the Fire Festival, organized by Fire Media founder Billy McFarlane and rapper Ja Rule, as a luxury music festival to promote the Fire Music booking app. The event was promoted on Instagram by social media influencers, in quotes, including socialite and model Kendall Jenner, model Bella Hadid, model and actress Emily Ratajkowski. What's her name? Ratajkowski. Thank you. And other media personalities, many of whom did not initially disclose they had been paid to do so. During the Fire Festival's inaugural weekend, the event experienced problems related to security, food, accommodations, and artist relations. Eventually, the festival was indefinitely postponed after some attendees had arrived, finding tents and prepackaged sandwiches instead of the luxury villas and gourmet meals they had been promised when they paid thousands of dollars for admission. Who remembers this story? Never heard of it. Are you kidding? But, but they've been to the Bahamas, so I would go to the Bahamas and find some uh, basic food. Nice. Yeah, but they were out on an island that was uninhabited. And they tried to build a little <laughs> festival village 
with like a tent area and stuff. And so the only way to get out there, you had to fly somewhere and then they boated oh. you over is from what I recall. And basically the point of bringing up it in, in this discussion is because of the social media aspect. They used all these influencers on Instagram to make it seem like this was going to be the biggest event of all time. But the only way to go to the festival was to pay tons and tons of money. So it was really for like an elite music crowd. All these people paid tons of money, showed up there, and then instead of the gourmet, you know, five-star meals, they had like wrapped sandwiches in a bag. And the luxury villas were like, you know, broken tents in the middle of an island that had no potable water and, you know, just a total mess. But did the uh, influencers actually showed up there? Uh, which promoted the festival? That's a good question. I don't know if the uh, the influencers showed up, and I I don't even know that the organizers showed up either. In fact, um, <laughs> but people got there, and there was like no, uh, yeah, th it wasn't what they paid for. So in the end, let's just read on here. As a result, the organizers are the subject of eight lawsuits, one seeking more than one hundred million dollars in damages. The case has accused the organizers of defrauding ticket buyers. On June 30th, 2017, the United States Attorney for the Southern District of New York charged McFarlane with one count of wire fraud. He pleaded guilty to one count of wire fraud to defraud investors and a second count to defraud a ticket vendor. And then he was sentenced to six years in prison and ordered to forfeit $26 million for wire fraud. On January 10th, 2019, Netflix released a trailer for the upcoming Fired Festival documentary called Fire, The Greatest Party That Never Happened, which is set to be released January 18th on the streaming site. And then Hulu will follow well, wait, up with another... Th that's today. Exactly. <laughs> You're absolutely right. <laughs> that's, so. why, that's why we're doing this today. But maybe it's ah. just a joke because uh, the movie will never uh, be streamed on Netflix like the, fest the festival never happened. I remember um, the uh, Instagram posts, which went very viral of like, um, yeah, crappy tents who even did not look like uh, the regular VIP tent area you have on a normal festival. They just looked like crap. Yeah. Like a normal metal festival. Yeah. Like the normal area. So a cool festival. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think the meta level of this was that, you know, they promoted it using social media. Uh, and then they, you know, took a bunch of money from people, and then those people showed up, and then used social media to show what actually was. So, um, I mean, what do you guys think of the the story or the lesson? I mean, it's certainly, you know, I think it's the first of its kind in this big way with this kind of a festival, and it clearly had to do with the fact that they spent a, a lot, most of their money on influencers like Kendall Jenner. I mean. What does she cost? Like two million an Instagram post or something? Easily, easy. Uh, I don't and know her. and and tried to basically promote this by spending money to promote it and make it something that it kind of wasn't to make it into something bigger than it was. And as a result, they burned through the money and weren't, I guess, proper organizers or had never done this before and ended up with a total mess. But but first off, have been uh, have there been uh, acts uh, that that should play? Uh, did they arrive there? Ja Rule. <laughs> uh, yeah, there I do remember. Let me quickly look through here because there was um, 
I think some indie bands. One, like one of the bands showed up and a lot of other people canceled, I think, is what think happened. Vampire but, but, but why did they cancel? Because they they uh, knew... Didn't get paid. Oh, okay. I think it was like they didn't get the advance that they were supposed to get, and so they didn't show. And this was also a part of the thing. People were there, bands weren't playing that were supposed to play. It sounds like pretty, pretty, pretty bad planning, to be honest. <laughs> and very unreliable... Um, project planners organizers promoters whatever so the lesson the lesson that we can learn from it is that if you uh, if you as a fan want to buy a ticket if it's promoted by an uh, influencer by a big company whatever um you should there should be people that you can trust that you know like uh, like Can I say all the companies like Ticketmaster and Eventim? So uh, trustful companies that sell you tickets, that sell you the concept of what you're going to buy and uh, that you can also contact and ask uh, questions. What are you going to buy? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So uh, I guess this is very, very um, important for fans out there that if you spend a lot of money on anything, or if it's a book, a CD, a ticket for a concert, whatever... Um, you have you have to trust these people where you buy it from. So, so is the uh, the homepage still online? Maybe. So uh, I think uh, w when you want to go to a festival or stuff, uh, the the online Auftritt was it what? Uh, yeah. The, the, yeah. The the homepage. Yeah. The homepage. If it looks bad. Yeah, and so, and, so um, and, and you can see the uh, references what they've did before. Like uh, yeah. you've got you've got so many promoters in in Germany or anywhere where you can see they did the um, that this festival and that festival and that concert, and they have maybe no references. Uh, then you can think about maybe it's shit. It's well, it's also bad for all for the reputation of all the influences you just named. So absolutely, they promoted something that never happened and. Uh, The guy who wanted to do this is now in jail, so come on. So there's there's an external links tab at the very bottom of the Wikipedia page, like there often is, and one of them is the Fire Festival official website. So I click on that and go immediately to fail to open page. <laughs> okay. Wait. They, they fail to attend the festival. Not even the website is real. I mean, the influencers, I think they don't care. I mean, they promote different stuff every day so and they they got they got paid they got paid they got paid. i think that's the point is that that's the, the money got blown on like parties and like girls and things that they used to promote yeah. a certain lifestyle that you could get if you came so they made like an, a lifestyle event out of it but is an influencer like those that uh, promoted the festival uh trustful afterwards when you exactly When you see, like, uh, they get money, they say anything a promoter wants them to say, and uh, the festival doesn't even happen. So do I trust this influencer again? I mean, I think Kendall Jenner did the Pepsi commercial after that, so <laughs> double whammy. <laughs> but I guess but I guess she signed the contract beforehand. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but but how, how would it be if an uh, uh, influencer promotes uh, the best skincare you can ever get, you buy it, and then... Your skin burns and you look like a retard after it. So come on. So you would never trust him or her again. Just going back to the well here, Wikipedia has a section here for the You're celebrity. With Wikipedia, I know. I, I mean, this is like because I didn't do any research. Uh, celebrity promoters. Um, uh, there's this little section called celebrity promoters, and I'll just I'll just read you word for word what they wrote. 
The event was promoted on Instagram by a Kardashian family socialite, Kendall Jenner, who was paid $250,000 oh, and has since deleted the post. It goes on to name a bunch of other people that were also involved and, um, and, and includes other niche actresses and media personalities. Uh, Emily Ratajkowski was reportedly the only actress or model to use the hashtag, hashtag ad but has also since deleted the post. Only later was it reported that Jenner and the others had been paid to make the posts, something they were required under federal law to disclose. The Federal Trade Commission said hashtag ad only worked if at the beginning of paid posts and that the hashtag alone was not a sufficient disclaimer. Hadid was the only model to acknowledge and apologize for participating in the promotion. So there you have it. It seems like with... With hyping things, I mean, I guess hype always existed, right? You always had these things, especially in the music business, you know, like you didn't know who the bands really were. There was like a mystery. And so you like created this hype and created this lifestyle. Like I think of like Motley Crue that comes to mind, which was probably everything was true. You know, they were as crazy as they appeared to be. Um, But in this case, you know, now that we have the social media thing, people like manufacture that in a new way using, you know, the, the reach of things like Instagram, and they pay money for that. And they kind of, it's like, isn't that like wagging the dog where they create this thing that doesn't exist, but they create a hype around it as if it's a real thing. And then it turns out it's, I mean, in this case, it failed. I think it could work, you know, if you do it right and you have good organizers, it can work. But in this case, it did not. The festivals nowadays, if they don't sell you a good concept, they're not going to sell any tickets. If they have to sell you a good concept and all the big names of bands. So, like, if you book a band like The Ärzte uh, exclusively for Rock and Ring and Rock and Park, you're going to sell tickets because they're only going to play this year on these festivals. So, that's the seller. And yeah, but, uh, but that's more important, like like the bands. Like, the concept can be as good as you want, but the, the people won't show up if they I, are... I, I, the, I meant about, like, special concepts. Like, if you do a, if you do a festival in a hotel and you offer the people uh, staying in a hotel room and you can you have a small a short ways to the to the to the stage you have a good lineup you stay dry you stay warm and you pay let's say 250 euros for that so older people like that because it's very comfortable or if you uh, offer offer people You just come to the festival and you, your, build is, uh, your, your tent is already there like, and you pay extra for it. People like that. So people, people nowadays like these uh, kind of VIP treatment that they can buy. That's not real VIP, but that's the treatment. They think they are VIPs and they, they pay for it. So And uh, if this comes together with a good lineup, then festivals will definitely have success. If you have a shitty lineup and you just have a festival at the Jugendhaus somewhere, uh, it's never going to work. But actually, I, I, I know a festival uh, I've uh, actually really been to uh, where you could buy those uh, accommodations like uh, sleeping there and uh, it had big names and it's uh, not there anymore. Uh, so the, the festival offered all the stuff you said. Ah. But uh, it was like Which uh, was it? the Beach Rock Helene scene. Ah, okay. And yeah. there and were like Callejon, Beemoth. But yeah, but and why did they not survive? 
then they did some like a, they did a miscalculation then i guess yeah it's like uh the, like like a struggle there are some there are the the big ones like rock am ring wacken summer breeze and stuff and uh there are local promoters that say i don't know they, th those bands never come near my town I, i built my own festival and they try and they try and they always fail uh what is the thing why do they not uh get success for for their their work even they do good bookings yeah that's they always go down i i don't know many festivals that showed up the last 10 years that uh survived the last it's, 10 years it's always the same uh, it's uh, i would disagree okay I mean, it's very hard to, to tell because you would have to look at all the different festivals, but I think festivals change and uh, like our perception or the mainstream perception of music changes. So um, there are like curated festivals, like the Off Festival in Poland. It's super small, but um, it's curated and um, you know that every band there is not to attract people. They would not book the ads there. They rather book... Bell and Sebastian and Sun O on the same stage and um, people appreciate that and I think this is maybe more the modern way and they I don't know how how many uh, episodes of that festival already appeared but I think there are smaller festivals coming and they are getting more and more okay. successful I mean this is a good point uh, that you brought up about that they they, they they have like Sun O and Bell and Sebastian I mean this is I don't know that every festival is like starting to do this, but even like Carpenter Brood played on Summer Breeze last year. And, and it was great. And, and, Have and you I mean, been there? Have you been there? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> maybe soon people will see footage of the two of you there. Maybe. But I think this is like an interesting topic uh, that we could spend a, a whole section on, and maybe we will in the future, is the fluidity of genres these days. It's something that's been a big topic here at Freaks TV because... Although we often use the term metal, we listen to a lot of different types of music, not just metal, and have featured a lot of bands that aren't metal at all. But, you know, there's like something that kind of brings these things together. And, and I think nowadays with Spotify and streaming and young people not buying stuff in stores that have genres, I think there's a lot of fluidity there. So maybe with the new festivals, you'll see more and more of that. I mean, certainly... Certainly, it's happening here. What's well, let's bring back our topic today. So, what we're talking about making money in the music business, and we had this we had this festival from 2017 who failed, but taught a lesson about the internet. The I mean, internet it was, brought it up and brought it down. It was a bit of a social experiment in a way, you know. I mean, people are going to jail, so it was like a pretty serious offense was a, occurred here and i remember reading and thinking ah, yeah look at these what, what were they doing to me it sounded like they have too many people around them that just say yes all the time and like they just cocked up this idea you know like hanging out in the vip room of some lounge in some place in new york and everybody around them was like yeah totally that would be super awesome it's never gonna work you know but they <laughs> yeah. they like do it anyway you know because you always have this sort of cult of personality and all these like gatekeepers around and we talked about this before with the arch enemy debacle and the miscommunication and stuff and i think there's probably some element element of it here nobody told them this is a stupid idea and maybe their good idea was like 
oh, well, we'll just create a hype by paying all this money that the investors are giving us for the festival into, you know, huge celebrities and influencers to, like, bring people. And then ultimately that failed because they burned through that money and didn't have enough to pay bands. Okay, maybe that's the lesson. Once again, bands getting screwed over, not making any money because... Somebody spent all the money on the twerking on the Instagrams. Yeah, that brings us to our second story of the year. Back in November, December, there was uh, an artist from Los Angeles that had a band, or his name was Jared Threaten. I don't know if that's his real name, but um, Threaten is like kind of a cool 80s metal band name. And he created a completely fake persona online. So he created like a band and he put up videos that he intercut footage from somebody else's DVD to look like he was playing for millions of people and millions, thousands, maybe not millions. It's not the fire festival after all. Is that a fact? Is it? He, he, he took DVD parts from... Yeah, I mean, one? if you look at the footage, I mean, he's... Yeah, clear, I, I mean, if you like a discerning eye can see it right away. And um, he also had things like... You know, on his website, he had the tours. You know how you said if they would have a website and it could seem credible, credible because they could name all the stuff they did in the past? He had the website. He had the tours like, oh, 2017 was like a huge North American tour. He was like in every major city. But then if you would go to the club on that date, you would see that somebody else played and not him. Did you guys hear of that guy, of that threatened guy? Of yeah. This yeah. Game? Okay. But uh, that leads me to the point, like uh, the, the website thing uh, uh, at the festival topic. I was like, w when I read uh, about Threaten, I was uh, going to YouTube and uh, typed the name in and uh, was watching the video. And I mean, it, the video had like a, a million views or stuff, uh, but only four comments. And uh, then, you, but but when I was watching the video, it was like that was the crappiest self-made video I have ever been watching. I love it, and uh, it's got yeah, this like nineties music I, video look. Yeah, but 80s. It, but 80s, even if it, if it was eighties or nineties or stuff, it wasn't made good. And when when he was watching it, and the music was like, you know, that the guy is able to play guitar, and he is he. He's singing like not that bad, but the music oh. wasn't that good for one million views, and uh, that was the point where I w w was saying, ah, maybe ah, you should think about it. I mean, I think the difference here because we know he he put up he put up this big hype. He booked this huge tour in Europe or huge. He booked a bunch of like five hundred plus venues in in, in Europe. Showed up and nobody had nobody came. So it, it, it's like the opposite of what happened at the fire festival. And this is the through line. He paid for for influence. He tried to create a hype by paying for followers, for views, for likes. But if you would go to Spotify and see that he had, because Spotify you can't pay for that. You saw he had like thirteen listens to the song that he had a million views on YouTube for. So he shows up. And there's nobody there to see it. So it's like the opposite of what happened with the fire Festival. So, And actually, he, uh, he hired a band. So Threatened yep. never was a band. He, he hired musicians. And uh, they believed what he said. I mean, what are... 
they were probably happy to get paid for a gig. I mean, but, he was going to pay them. I mean, he apparently has money. How how can this happen in 2018? Yeah, but as a musician, it can only yeah. happen in 2018. It, it happened in 2017 with the fire festival. Yeah, I mean, but, yeah, but, but how can this happen? So lies. The, the internet knows everything, and everybody is able to uh, do research and Google everything. So. Yeah. There, there will be people who find out something that he's a fake guy. Well, I so how, how 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 did it how did it did, how could he come to the UK and pretend to be what he is? So there's an answer to that, and and in fact, I, when I was like looking into this, I I accidentally discovered another person like him. It was it was it was because I was looking for <laughs> a, I think it was like a website template for WordPress. And then they were like, these are the sites that use our template. And then I noticed one was like a prog band. And I was like, I've never heard of this band. You know, so I clicked on it and it's one guy and he did the same thing. He's got like weird, weird, not great music. You can't say the name. I, I have to, I don't remember it. And I, uh, I thought <laughs> to myself that I don't really want to call him out on it because there's no reason. He created a persona for himself and he's kind of living it online but he's not really harming anybody with it. And I don't feel like it's my job to call the guy out for it. And, and I mean, neither was this guy, but what happened was he pretended to be the booking agent. He called the venues in England, for instance, and said, Hey, we got a guy coming. We want to book. They paid or they paid the advance or whatever. And then they said, you know, we have pre-sold 200 tickets. And the venues said, well, we thought that was strange because we haven't sold any in the venue, but okay, if they're going to pay, then, you know, we booked it. It's no problem if we get our money. And in the end, he was going to pay for it. That's how it happened. It happened by the bookers not necessarily needing to do their research. I mean, if he's coming in and paying cash for the place. But it's it's not illegal to tell a tale, is it? No, and uh, it's not illegal to book a club. But what is the guy doing these days? But should, shouldn't it be illegal for yourself to to believe yeah. something like that? So, Some people so have as, no morality. As a, as a, yeah, but as a club owner, you sure is, is it like as a club okay. owner, you're stupid if you book a people like him. So yeah, but, but but is it like that? A band uh, you never heard of. Okay, give me the money. I have no problem with no people uh, showing up, yeah. and I go you home. You know my how money. people are. Yeah, you? but but that's not cool. <laughs> Sure, it's not cool, but people are there. I like that sometimes. Maybe that was strange for the club owner, but then it's daily but, but business for them. Yeah, so. and sometimes it's the thing, oh, maybe it's the real next big thing from the US. Yeah. I want to have it first. So yeah. why not booking him? So there is actually another meta punchline for this story too. So in the Fire Festival, it was social media brought down the event that social media brought up right so this guy faked having a fan base oh you, you ah, went to england played for no one canceled the tour bandmates went home but he didn't play he, he never played did he he played a show or two they played like two or three shows and then the band like really? split. In, in front of nobody I in think. front of nobody in front of the Just bartender three people or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but then uh, is it that what you want to talk about the 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 instagram posts he made I don't know what what happened with the Instagram post. Okay, so he posted, "What is fake news? I turned an empty room into an international headline. If you are reading this, you are part of the illusion." Quote, Jared Threaten. Right, and to follow that up, 
The band is currently scheduling to return to the Underworld in London, one of the clubs. One of the venues Jared scammed, this Wikipedia's term. Manager John Viner stated, We'll probably promote it in-house. Last time there was no one to promote him because he had no fans at the time. Now he does. It is currently unknown whether his original touring lineup will be involved with the show, though bassist Gavin Carney has stated he would be happy to work with Jared again. This is an article from The Onion. This is the meta punchline. That in the end, he created a fan base. Maybe it won't be long-lived because it's a bit infamous, but in a way he kind of... This went from nobody to somebody. And, and just another point, uh, when you click on the official webpage for him on, on Wikipedia, it actually goes somewhere. So, I mean, who, who wins? I think uh, if you compare, if it's, ver- if it's Fire Festival versus Threaten, yeah. Threaten, Threaten won. won. Yeah, he wins. Um, here are the comments for you. Just how many? So 1.3 million views. Okay. And 2,000 comments now. But how many dislikes does the video have? It doesn't show them. But that is that, that is the stuff everybody's looking for. The music you mean. <laughs> and, and a, a, story, a story like 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 he created. So everybody wants a story like this. I mean, I want to make the movie. Yeah. So if, this threat, is threaten. if, if Threaten's listening right now... Threaten. Um, let let Freaks TV make the movie because nobody else can do this film like we can. Yeah. So just uh, reach out and we already booked the crew. We, we, we already <laughs> yeah. I want to play the double. No, no crew, no movie. That's a real threatened movie. No posters, no promotion, no marketing. I mean, here's the thing. You know, I mean, it's the same with the Fire Festival. He had, he used a lot of money to buy influence. It's the same story. It's just. It's like a it's like a hobby collecting. It's not real influence. Collecting stamps. You know, it's not real. Um, it's not fans. So we're talking from the musicians' perspective here about bands mm-hmm. making money. It's like buying fans, and I mean you can't buy fans in the end. I mean in the end he may have won in a way, but you can never buy fans. Yeah, never ever. Not for a festival, nor for um, your metal band. But not. But he he did not. He did not pay us, but we are now fans, so. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's just the act of doing it. I think so when he, <laughs> he, he didn't pay the fans, but he paid everything else and made us fans. And he didn't pay us, and we're doing so much promotion for him now. It's the Field of Dreams you, theory, right? You know, remember the Kevin Costner movie? But, but, but he's right with his statement. So if he would come back to Europe right now, there will be people, people would show up. Yeah, yeah. You, you would show up, and I would show up. Yeah. Like, and it would be so, great if he like told a story on stage, you know, in between songs. Like, so this is kind of how it went down. And then, like, I mean, this would be like dinner theater, you know. Like, <laughs> the next song is <laughs> the next song is for Axel and Saka because they showed up at my gig. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, that was the fire festival and Threaten. I mean, um, I think uh, Threaten wins the internet on this one because he's not going to jail. He's not going to jail. Yeah, and he didn't <laughs> rip people off of their money in the end. I mean, if you would have paid for a ticket to go see him, like he promoted, you would have gotten the music he puts in the videos. And he had a professional band. Probably play better than most of the local bands did, that play at those. I mean, did everybody get his money? So, like, uh, did, he pay did the, the venue, the, the support band, I mean, did they all get paid? Support bands never get any money. I mean, there hasn't been any talk of... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think this was one of the things that, like, people started to get upset at the beginning about was that there were some support bands. 
like local support, they, and they, they were upset because maybe they came to play for free but didn't sell any merch either. Yeah. Um, because there was nobody there to buy merch. Okay. Uh, okay. So I mean, that's that's the the moral of the story. In the end, you you cannot buy influence when it comes to being a musician or a band or even a festival in this case, even if you have a quirky return on your investment that leads to some partial fans because you created this sensation. I think that's it for today. I think we'll pick up with this topic of music and money on another time. I hope that Torsten and Axel One will join us again in the studio. For sure. Definitely. Thank you so much, guys, for coming in. Kai, as always. Thanks, bro. Have a good one, guys. Freaks out. The Freaks Podcast is a production of Stuus Media and is recorded at the Moonbase Studios in Munich, produced by Janine Stengel, Blake Lewis, Kai Metzner, and myself, Randy M. Salo. Our theme music is provided by This Is Not An Elephant. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Freaks out. Freaks out.